The Hogs are going to Omaha. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. You can actually feel Razorback Stadium shaking underneath our feet right now. You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Arkansas wins the national championship. When I say when it comes to this basketball team is the law. Absolutely and without discussion. I have been trying to get you together with Ty. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascists. Throw some ground ball. It's more democratic. This is the Halftime Podcast, presented by Jeff's Clubhouse. I'm having a little bit of trouble keeping my stomach from going up in my throat. And that might be because uh, of, a, of a number of things that are going on. Why not get a little nervous before going on for a, a big baseball broadcast that will be listened throughout the entire state. And I feel for the guys who are going to be on the field that I've grown very fond of over the course of their careers, even if it's just their first year playing at Arkansas. And you've got to appreciate what you've accomplished up to this point. Um, and uh, I'm feeling nerves for... The fan base, which we talk to day after day and uh, become, uh, well, you, you become steeped in the, the thought that sometimes the fan base feels like it's been snake bitten. And uh, that all kind of rolls into one thing right now where uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit jumpy, almost like I, uh, I took an entire spoonful of coffee grounds and just put them in my mouth and swallowed them. You ever done that before, Ty? No, I have not. I, I, don't, I don't recommend think I ever, it. I don't think I, I ever will. I don't recommend it. It'll feel like your skin is jumping off of your body, which is kind of a little bit the way I feel right now. I felt a little bit of the same way yesterday, but it was more of an excitement, a little bit of an anticipation, uh, along with a hopefulness that you'd be able to find a way to finish that series in just two games, which, quite honestly, coming into the series, I didn't think would happen because of the high quality of, of both of these teams that are going to be playing for it all right here. Uh, but, uh, you know, yesterday, I think the the, the hopefulness uh, kind of went away pretty quickly. Even even though Arkansas does grab the home the, the lead and the top of the first inning is the visiting team on Dominic Fletcher's home run, you could see pretty quickly Connor Nolan didn't have great location. Uh, he might have had trouble getting out of the first inning, and uh, Arkansas had some trouble making plays in the field that many times they do make. I think you saw a lot of that over the first couple of innings, especially two double plays that don't get turned in the second inning, and Ole Miss, the kind of ball club that's going to take advantage of of numerous sorts of mistakes. You give Ole Miss four or five outs in an inning, which Arkansas did in the second yesterday, you walk four batters out of six, which happened in the second inning as well yesterday, you make bad pitches consistently, this is a team that's going to make you pay, and that happened in droves yesterday, in droves. It's funny sometimes when you look at the the, the totals, we always total up runs, hits, and errors. And you'd look at yesterday's game and you'd say, well, look, there were no errors committed by Arkansas. But we counted up seven plays. I wouldn't call them all misplays, but seven times where a fielder got their, their glove on the ball and, and in a situation where they've made that sort of play many times, but the ball popped out or you double clutched on a couple of the double play chances yeah. or the ball, you know, didn't, uh, you didn't squeeze it properly. It just, it just felt like Arkansas gave them way too many opportunities yesterday. And uh, I don't know. It's tough to get into the mindset of the team, but for a team that's usually made these plays, it just felt like perhaps the moment might've been a little bit big for them yesterday. So it's a good thing that in baseball, you know, you get a mulligan, you get them all again in a series. And yesterday was that, and what what also I think has been interesting in this series, Ty, I do think that these are two 
these are two Omaha caliber teams. I mean, I think at the end of the season, these are two of the best eight teams in the country. That doesn't mean the best eight teams in the country end up in Omaha. They just happen to be the eight teams that get there because of the way the tournament is constructed. So these two teams, for me, are are, are some of the eight eight best teams. But you, you haven't seen two fully, completely played games by these teams yet. It, it didn't feel like Ole Miss really was able to show up against Isaiah Campbell on Saturday. And I know a lot of that has to do with Zay because he didn't just show up. He was the whole story, along with Arkansas's power and the way they hit the ball on Saturday. But I don't know if anybody would have been able to do much against Isaiah Campbell on Saturday. And then yesterday, uh, you know, Arkansas hit the ball well enough to to win the game. Uh, but still, I mean, there were opportunities that fell by the wayside. Bases loaded, one out in the third. Can't score the run. Uh, a couple of the runners on base in the fifth inning. Can't bring anybody home. And then unable to do anything against Houston Roth in the last four innings. The big right-hander came out of the bullpen. And, you know, so, you know, they didn't play well in the field, didn't pitch very well. Ole Miss did, for the most part. They made a couple of weird plays in the field, but they did make some nice plays other than that. Got good pitching. So Arkansas has played one good game out of two. Ole Miss has played one good game out of two. Sometimes you play a good game and you lose, and that hasn't happened yet. I do do anticipate to see a well-played game by both teams today. And maybe, Ty, maybe that's a little bit of hope. You know, or just expectation of seeing high-level baseball in a high-level series where there's a lot at stake for both of these clubs, but we haven't seen a fully played game well between both of these teams. I'd expect to see that today. You opened the show talking about a sense of nervousness, and I know that you know how much I enjoy food. I went home after the morning rush and tried to fix me some chicken, broccoli, and rice, and I couldn't finish it. I don't know if my stomach was queasy, but I'm kind of in the same boat, and I feel like the majority of Arkansas fans aren't 100% confident heading into today, even though you've hit Ole Miss pretty well these past. You crushed them on Saturday, and you hit them pretty well enough to at least compete yesterday, but you just didn't get enough from the pitching standpoint, and your fielding wasn't up to par up to Arkansas's typical standards. But that's, I mean, you know how much I talk about food. That's what I kind of equated to. The fact that I couldn't finish a meal shows you how nervous I am about this upcoming game at 3 o'clock today. Well, and I can see the way you're trying to start the week too, Ty, with your Skip Bayless meal of uh, chicken, broccoli, and rice. You couldn't even swallow the healthy food. And you usually are eating garbage. So that's, uh, I feel for you, man. And I was the same way. You know, I had breakfast, and it's a little tough to keep it down right now. But sooner or later, once we get into the pregame show, my, my, I'll probably have the, the, the stomach butterflies throughout our entire show here and I'll only be here for the first 50 minutes or so before uh, you, Tommy, and and John take over for, what are we calling the second hour? Is it the, the extra pregame show to the pregame show? What are we calling the second hour and 30 minutes today? That's a great question. I know we'll run halftime regularly for the first 30 minutes, and then even though it's not at tonight, I'm assuming we'll keep the name the same, Arkansas Baseball tonight. We've been kind of out of sorts like name because we've just been doing different times and stuff. But we'll, we'll give you a heavy dosage of Arkansas Baseball this next two and a half hours. I mean, with this being the center point of what every Arkansas fan is looking to and talking about right now. And we talked about how highly anticipated this game was. This has just been the the focus piece of our attention, and it has to be. It's weird It's weird because, like we always talk Arkansas football, SEC football, and not, but this is what even the casual Arkansas fan wants to be watching and talking about right now. Well, and what, one of the premier things to talk about about this matchup today is that you have, just like you did yesterday, freshman starting pitchers. 
And where it was a lefty freshman for them yesterday and a righty freshman for Arkansas today, it's flip-flop. Patrick Wicklander for the Razorbacks, freshman out of San Jose, and Gunnar Hoagland for Ole Miss, uh, who was a 36th overall pick by Pittsburgh last year. So, you know, Hoagland's been their, their number three guy virtually all year long. He doesn't have the prettiest numbers, and he's made 16 appearances, only has five decisions. So he doesn't get very deep into the game, and usually the decision is left up to the Ole Miss bullpen, which which was the case in both of the games that Hoagland pitched against Arkansas this year when he pitched in the in the last game of the regular season series, the 10-5 Ole Miss win. Hoagland wasn't good. He pitched three innings, gave up two runs, and allowed four base runners, but the Razorback bullpen that day was terrible and almost took advantage of that. The second time around, uh, Hoagland didn't face the lineup that he'll face today because that was the that was the quarterfinal game of the SEC tournament. You know, when Arkansas, that was the game Dave Van Horn put in essentially a, a midweek lineup with seven, eight, and nine constructed differently than it will be today. With that being said, you haven't had much from seven, eight, nine on the batting order throughout these last two games. Yeah. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, still, you know, Hoagland, Hoagland pitched much better the second time around against Arkansas, which mirrors the way he's been pitching of late. He's kind of he's worked his way into this role as a third-game starter that isn't just a three- or four-inning guy. He can go out and give you five or six innings if he can get rolling. Hopefully, Arkansas doesn't allow him to get rolling because his best pitch is a 94 to 95-mile-an-hour fastball. That's something Arkansas handles pretty well, usually. You know, yesterday he had a, a left-hander in Nikhazy who was really good mixing up his fastball, which sat about 89-90 and a curveball uh, coming out of the same arm slot. And it looked like the Hogs had some trouble figuring out what he was going to throw Picking in certain up, situations. Yeah. Today, I mean, now Hoagland's got a breaking ball, and it's pretty good, but he's a fastball guy. So if they if they can hunt that fastball, get something to hit, maybe get him out of the game quickly. For Wicklander, you know, Patrick has had so many different roles this year. I mean, we, it almost feels like last season that they were using him in relief. Of course, it wasn't because this is his only year, and it's been two months since he, since he pitched in relief. We know he was pretty bad in relief, just wasn't comfortable in that role. So he moved to the Saturday starting role. Remember, Connor was pitching on the Sundays for a while there until the doubleheader against Auburn, where the Hogs had to go those 24 innings over the course of two games. They split the doubleheader, and then Wicklander pitched the rubber match of that game, which was a Saturday, and went out and threw five scoreless innings, helping Arkansas secure the road series win. That was big, and then I think watching Wicklander pitch in the third game of the regional in the final against TCU and shut down that pretty good Horned Frog lineup, it looks like he's grown into that role now of uh, of being a rubber match starter, or at least the, the starter that's trying to clinch a, a, a weekend in the postseason, which he did last week, and you're trying to do this week too. They both have really good stuff. Wicklander's got stuff that mixes up a little bit better and a better breaking ball when he's on. Uh, and I also would be surprised if either one of these starting pitchers gets into the sixth inning. The the theme for this series, I thought, Ty, which I've been wrong about, and you and I have talked about this a lot, as soon as you think you know baseball, you are proven otherwise, that you don't know a darn thing. I thought this series would come down to a battle of bullpens. Those bullpens haven't really come into play very much. It's all been the tone of the game started in the first five innings, and it's carried from that point on. I still think today will be a battle of the bullpens because you have fresh pens, really good pitchers ready to go on both sides, two freshmen starting pitchers. I could see some early mixing and matching, fifth inning, sixth inning. 
this is this game's going to take a while because you're going to have a lot of meetings between the pitcher's mound and the dugouts. Yeah. Phil's not the biggest Gunnar Hoagland fan, not only because he's an Ole Miss Rebel and he's facing Arkansas, but because he spurned his Pirates as a first-round pick last year and ultimately chose to go to Oxford instead. And this is, you got two freshmen, as you did yesterday, which is an intriguing matchup. But this guy, as you mentioned, has kind of been up and down this season. He's was highly regarded out of high school and hasn't kind of lived up to expectations in year number one. But again, it's a freshman, so we'll see what happens. The one thing you mentioned to start out the show, Phil, is the fact that they got, what, four innings out of Roth yesterday, and then because of that, they didn't have to pitch Austin Miller, and they didn't have to pitch Parker Caracy. So if you look at the bullpens for both Ole Miss and Arkansas, you have Costi Shock, you have Scroggins, and you have Cronin, who only went two-thirds of an inning on Saturday's game. Caracy hasn't pitched Austin Miller, who's one of their better bullpen guys, so you have pretty solid numbers in the bullpen for both Arkansas and Ole Miss. Tom Murphy brought up something on the morning rush that I'm assuming you would agree with that it, you got to give the advantage to whoever has to, and this might sound like a simpleton answer, but whoever has to go to their bullpen first. And it could be an inning before or right before, but it, it, the one who has to or give the advantage who doesn't have to go to their bullpen first, excuse me, because you just hope that you can stretch out as much if you're Bianco for Ole Miss or if you're DVH for Arkansas, you stretch as many innings as you can from your freshman guy because once it gets into that it's going to it's 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 just going to get a little rougher once you have to start going to your bullpen because both teams have really managed to hit the bullpens relatively well in this series. Well, as as long as Arkansas can manage to to capitalize on opportunities to score, they have the edge as far as the number of lefties that are available. And I, we so many people seem to think that Arkansas struggles against lefties. Ole Miss struggles worse against lefties. Arkansas hits close to 280 against left-handers. And the reason you feel that they struggle against lefties is because they smoke righties to the point where even though they hit lefties okay, they just don't hit them like they do righties. You've got two lefties right now, one of them starting. That's Wicklander. That neutralizes a lot of the power for Ole Miss. Matt Cronin, left-hander. I think Matt Cronin is going to throw two innings today, no matter what. (laughs) I think even if they're trailing or if it's a tie game, Cronin will get the ball come eighth inning, maybe even the seventh, depending on the situation, who's at bat. You know, if it's a Cole Zabowski uh, with a chance to give Ole Miss the lead or tie the game, or a Tyler Keenan, uh, or a Kevin Graham, uh, these left-handed batters that just seem to come through with really big hits against Arkansas this year. So I do think as far as the available pitchers, there's a bit of an edge for Arkansas also, not just in the fact that they've got lefties compared to righties, but that there's just been more consistency from especially the closers, where Caracia has had a really up-and-down season. I mean, he comes in with an ERA that is close to five, if not over five. I don't have my Ole Miss stats in front of me. And Matt Cronin's been really consistent, really from the jump over the course of the last two years. So if you're just looking at the way that the bullpen is constructed for today, I do think Arkansas has got a, a bit of an edge there. But it's not that Ole Miss is pitching is is uh is suspect i remember going into last year's third game against south carolina really feeling confident that the gamecocks didn't have the pitching to get through a third game against arkansas and we proved to be right i think arkansas scored six runs in the first inning and pretty much put it out of reach 
two innings into that ball game, and you could plan your celebration two and a half hours before it started. That's not going to happen today. Ole Miss has enough pitching to get through a three-game weekend against Arkansas and anybody else. So I don't, I don't, I don't have that same confidence that the opponent doesn't measure up. That doesn't mean Arkansas doesn't win. It means they're playing a better team than they played last year. Uh, this next stat should scare you, and I think it's from Hutch at Rivals that Ole Miss has won five of their last six elimination games. He didn't get a close one in game one. He didn't get a close one in game two. I, I as well as many others, would I think would be shocked if this game was not close. Now you hope, as an Arkansas fan and as the guy that could sign these guys to Omaha, that Arkansas just opens up a can of you-know-what in the first inning and just blows it wide open. But it just doesn't feel like after these first two games that it's just going to be a blowout on either side. To be honest, now I could be wrong. Something could happen, and it, it would just it could turn one way or another. But that the fact that Ole Miss has been so good in these elimination games, I think, should scare the Razorbacks a little bit. And you don't you don't want to not go on in this game confident, but that Ole Miss will be confident heading into today. Oh, they have no reason not to be, and and I think Arkansas should feel the same way. And sometimes series don't always work out the way that you thought they would as far as how tight the games would be. Maybe in a simple manner, you and I and everybody else thinks, well, you got two teams in the Super Regional. They played really well to get here. That You should have tight ball games. You know, but look at the Duke-Vanderbilt series. I mean, those were three blowouts. No game was close in that. Louisville-East Carolina, two total blowouts with Louisville outscoring them. What was it, 23-1? to And then you, get, then you get a Super Regional like uh, UCLA-Michigan with three really tight games. And the two tight games between LSU and Florida State. So maybe the tone of this series has already been set. And here I, here I was five minutes ago saying, I expect a tight game. And now I'm telling you, who knows? Who knows? Maybe you're going to see one team win by 10. But that's, you know, again, that's the nature of this sport. As soon as you think you know what you're talking about, you're, proved, you're proven otherwise. Let's talk about that game yesterday. Arkansas manages to score two runs in the first. Connor Nolan has some cushion heading into his inning. And then it just kind of gets away from him. Did it feel weird when Arkansas just had all the momentum to start out and then just Ole Miss snatched it away from like that? Well, there's no momentum built up by hitting a home run at the top of the first inning unless your pitcher goes out and throws a zero. So there was no momentum because as soon as Thomas Dillard's line drive fell out of Dominic Fletcher's mitt, the Rebels were threatening. And the next thing you know, Connor hits a batter and gives up a deep fly ball that got caught, and then Cole Zabowski hits one you know, into the Ozarks. And, and at that point, when, when Zabowski homers against Arkansas, bad things happen. I watched this guy play for the last three years. He has an ownership stake on Arkansas pitching. When he does things like that, it's, it usually see the script already written. Then Cooper Johnson homers to start the second inning, and I think by that point you could see, even before that, I think they were just hoping that Connor would find his release point and locate his pitches better. It just didn't happen, and they had to take him out. I mean, it was the same thing that happened last year to Isaiah Campbell, although not quite at that level because Zay faced three batters, and that was it. And Dave pulled him, and look at what happened to Zay this year, and Connor goes out, faces seven batters, and gets pulled. That doesn't mean he's not going to pitch in the College World Series if you do get there. I think they would still feel pretty confident giving him the baseball because up until yesterday's start, he'd had five or six pretty good appearances in a row. And the reason they gave him the ball is because they had confidence in his ability to go out there and get outs. But this is a really good Ole Miss lineup. Both of these teams mirror each other in so many ways. And one of the ways that they do is the ability to grind out at-bats, stay alive, foul pitches off, and 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 win a lot of those battles. Ole Miss just happened to win a whole much whole lot more of those battles in in yesterday's ball game. 
So we're just down the street right now from Baumwalker Stadium. We're inside the stadium shop, which is one of my favorite places to come and and uh, and uh, and pick out Razorback gear. I didn't realize I was wearing a shirt that came from the stadium shop that IMG placed on my counter in the booth at Omaha last year, and it's got the baseball-only Ribby logo. Uh, so this is my usual Game Three shirt. I know I tell you, Ty, that I'm not uh, I'm not superstitious, but maybe we can just say superstitions and routines are almost like the same thing because my routine is to wear a white Razorback polo for the first game of a series, a red polo for game two, and this white polo with black stripes and the Ribby logo on it for game three. So here is my routine slash superstition, and it won't have anything to do with what happens on the field. He's just trying to pl- take away the fact that he actually has a superstition. He's trying to defend himself when it actually comes to this because having a superstition would just be morally wrong for Phil to have, even though I have a bunch of them. Bubba has them. Everyone else seems to have them, but Phil Elson does not have superstitions. They're all routines. I think, you know... Okay, keep keep telling yourself that. It's okay. We're we're splicing the definition of this word here a little bit. So I'm going to... I'll go with routines. You go with superstitions. And maybe somebody has told me before, so your superstition is not having a superstition. I was like, all right, then. I guess everybody's got something, right? Got a good tweet here from Neil Reed. He says he's got a good feeling today for Arkansas because Ole Miss's right-hander's last name starts with Hog, but it isn't pronounced Gunner Hogland. It's pronounced Gunner Hoagland. So maybe, maybe if we all if we all call the Hogs at some point today, that might uh, that might help out a little bit. Jeff Taylor and his staff over at Jeff's Clubhouse has a fantastic catering service, and they can almost cater up to any size. Give them a call today at 479-308-9123, or check them out on Facebook, or visit online at theclubhousefs.com. Now back to the Halftime Pod. Let's go. Clay, appreciate your time and your expertise. How are you doing today? Yeah, appreciate y'all having me. Thanks. Well, I'm nervous. I think I mirror what everybody else is thinking uh, today. I don't really know what to expect in this ballgame because I thought we'd see tight games that would come down to the bullpens, and that has been 100% incorrect. So I still expect to see a tight game that comes down to the bullpens today. Why would I be wrong at that, at that, at that thought process? Well, uh, I think that uh, when you get in these uh, these rubber match situations, from my experience, you don't go with the starter for long unless, uh, you know, it's the third game, so you, you've used up your, your best starters. And I'm not saying that Hoagland and Wicklander aren't terrific, but they're both freshmen. And if you sense in either case that uh, it's not going good, and whether that be the first inning or the second inning, I think you'll, you'll see the bullpen. And uh, but yeah, I think that that's uh, uh, that's where we're headed. And and uh, I love these situations. And if and if you you know if you, if you're following either one of these teams and you, you you know you're sitting there and thinking I got this, well, I, I think you you probably uh, you're out there on a limb that might break. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think either team, e- either side, really knows they got this. Two terrific teams. Uh, there, you know, there, there's been, uh, like you say, some nail biters, and then there's been some blowouts. Um, so what Arkansas has had one one blowout, and Ole Miss has had two. So it's 
But by and large, the, these teams both pitch really well, um, Phil, and I, I, I would expect them to pitch well, you know, this afternoon. It, well, it, we, we, the weird thing, what, what we've seen here, Clay, in these first two games is two really good teams that haven't played two good games each, and that's played itself out in the final score. And I wonder what you what you gathered from watching the Hogs yesterday, where at the plate there were times where they seemed a little bit jumpy. On the mound, the numbers speak for themselves. And in the field, you know, they, they didn't commit any errors, but there were six or seven plays that didn't get made that they usually make. And I wonder what you made of what you saw yesterday. Yeah, they, they too many. I mean, it's, it's, it's always pitching. Baseball is, is pitching. I've I grew up playing baseball, going to baseball, and you're 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 as good as the next pitcher. And I, I thought in in Ole Miss's case, they pitched quite a bit better than Arkansas did yesterday, and it was a good, fair, tight strike zone. I know Arkansas fans didn't like it at times, but you didn't get a lot of stuff on the black, and Connor Nolan. Early on, was frustrated because he thought he hit the black a couple of times, and he's gotten those calls uh, in the SEC campaigns, and he didn't get them yesterday. Now, I thought uh, that frustrated him, and he and, and he didn't handle it, you know, the way in a mature way. It, it's about approach and pitching, and I thought Ole Miss's approach at the plate was was really good, and they took advantage and. You know, Cole Ramage, I mean, six walks, five in that inning. That's not like him either. But it was a, it was a tight, fair zone that you know they didn't hit. And the wind's blowing out, and you finally like, okay, I got to throw a strike, and you put it in the fat of the plate. Well, guess where that one's landed? Talking with Clay. Oh, sorry, Clay. Go ahead. But you, you're, it's going to be in back to, out there in those pine trees. That's where it's landing. <laughs> Um, but it it's so but Wicklander hits his spots and is uh, around the plate and it, it, you start seeing zeros up there in, instead of crooked numbers. And I, I don't I, I'm not worried about that because I, I think Wicklander can do it. Um, but you know the the thing that you have to say about Arkansas's pitching is they burned one of their their better bullpen guys in in. Um, you know, it, it's um, Kevin. You know, Kevin Copps was is a guy that you know they they put in the game because they thought it was uh, still a salvageable game, and so they burned him yesterday. I, I wouldn't think that he could pitch much today. So that that's uh, that's one less guy that, that you've got. And, and Ole Miss has done some of that the last two days too. They've burned some guys. Talking with Clay Henry, publisher of Hogs Illustrated here on Taft. I'm talking some Arkansas Ole Miss baseball. Clay, one of the things that Phil and Bubba have discussed and Phil and I have discussed when it comes to Ole Miss is kind of their antics, what they do after every home run, after every inning when a pitcher finishes his guys off. Do you have a problem with the way they react and how they kind of just kind of go about games on a daily basis? Well, it's, it's amateur baseball and the emotion is there. It's in pro baseball, and I don't expect you know the teams to 
behave like professional players. And um, the the you you've got uh, that going on. But if you'll if you'll turn the the page back to last year, what did Arkansas do after home runs? Hog hat, yeah, with a cowboy. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that's not normal. And other teams are looking across there as like they're bringing a hog hat out to home plate. And so Arkansas's done that before, and they've had pitchers that you know have you know fist pumped after you know call strike threes and stomped around out there. So I mean it's 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 different. And I'd say this Arkansas baseball team acts more professional than Ole Miss, but it's it's amateur baseball, and I I don't really spend a lot of time you know thinking about that. I mean it's it's the stuff you see more. In, in you know in softball games where they go out there and jump around and in in holler with some kind of a chant after a home run or a big inning don't see it in baseball quite as much but I think if you you look around you know the super regionals at this point there's some of that going on and you know, I don't you know I, I don't take too much from it because just like I said last year Arkansas was doing the hog hat thing. And that's probably not normal either. Clay, no one wants to think about Arkansas losing today and not making it to Omaha, but with a a caliber team like Ole Miss, that seems like a possibility. If Ole Miss is able to prevail today, what do you think is going to be the majority reaction from the Arkansas fan base with how their season concluded? I I think it'll be mixed. I think you'll have some that are disappointed, and I think then there's, and and that's pretty natural. It's, uh, you know, here's what's going on with Arkansas baseball right now. They've been good enough enough times that if you don't go to Omaha, there is a little bit of a disappointment because there's nothing else to do this time of year. And you look forward to another week or two of the season and having your team on the national stage and the way it's covered in Omaha, it's pretty fun to watch. And it's also close enough that, you know, enough fans are, are get to go. Um, but it, you also have to kind of tell yourself, how many times has Arkansas gone in back-to-back years? Well, it's never happened. So this would be unusual if they if they get there. It's it's obviously possible. But you have to say this, and uh, people will say this before the season, but they won't say it today. If you told them before the season, we can go play – the last game, a rubber match of a Super Regional at Bomb Walker Stadium, would you take your chances? Yep, you would. So uh, it's an awful lot of fun right now, and this is where you want to be. And, you know, you can look around LSU. They, they got swept at home. So when you're playing at this time of year against this quality of team, it can happen, and, and it shouldn't crush you. But I think it does disappoint you if it happens. But I will say this. You, you look at Ole Miss. They've been really good. You know how many times Mike Bianco has gone to the College World Series? One time. So One. You can be disappointed, but you also have to know that, that it's, uh, it's quite an accomplishment to get to this point in the season. And I'd turn the page if I was an Arkansas fan and start looking at what this team has to coming back for next year, and look forward to that because it's going to be another good run. Um, 
I mean, this is, you know, I've thought all along that this was the in-between year between College World Series trips, that next year was when Arkansas would really be loaded based on, you know, the arms that they're, you know, that they've got, the young arms and also the position players. When you look around, it, uh, you know, you're, you're going to lose, you're going to lose Isaiah Campbell, but I think they'll still be good pitching wise. And I think as you look at their lineup, there's a lot of good players that are going to be coming back. Clay, you're good to join us today. We'll always appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we can do it again, maybe even from the Emerald City of College Baseball next week. That would be fun. Take you guys to the Drover for a steak. How's that? Oh, I'd love a whiskey steak. I'm all for it. Let's <laughs> win today and make plans. All right. <laughs> yep. All right. We'll do it. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the Halftime Podcast, presented by Jeff's Clubhouse. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast at hitthatline.com.